0: welcome this is the fly fishing journeys podcast with host rob giannino where we have great conversation with really awesome experts from within the fly fishing community you see the fly fishing lifestyle is a journey and we're glad you're on this journey with us check out flyfishingjourneys.com for more podcasts and please subscribe on your favorite podcast player here's your host rob giannino
1: When you hear about the Susquehanna River, especially for smallmouth, you think about names like Lefty Cray, Bob Clouser, and Brian Shoemaker of Susquehanna River Guides. Brian has been mentored by Bob Clouser over the years, and Bob was kind enough to offer a personal recommendation to have Brian on this podcast. We dive into great tips and tactics to have more success with your smallmouth fishing. With over 30 years of guiding experience, Brian shares on the best equipment and setup for smallmouth as well as fishing strategies and fly recommendations. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. Before we jump into the podcast, if you love to travel and are looking for an amazing adventure in 24 or 25, head over to the updated travel section of the Fly Fishing Journeys website. We have some amazing destinations and hosted trips available for you. These trips are highly curated, so much discretion and vetting has been put into each of them before they are chosen for you. Right now, we are focusing on Iceland, Patagonia, Alaska, and the Bahamas. We are also heading into India and the Brazilian Amazon this summer for some film work. If you'd like to travel with us, drop me a direct message or use the form on the travel pages and we can talk more. Now let's jump into the podcast with Brian. The Fly Fishing Show Tour travels the country every winter. From January until March, the largest consumer fly fishing shows in the world will be in seven locations. The stops are Marlboro, Massachusetts, which covers the New England area, Denver, Colorado, Edison, New Jersey, which is the New York, New Jersey, and Mid-Atlantic State Show, Atlanta, Georgia, Bellevue, Washington, Pleasanton, California, the Bay Area Show, and finally back to where it all started in Pennsylvania at the Lancaster Show. These are super fun events that are packed with teaching, presentations, and everything you would ever want to know or see in fly fishing. Find all the details at flyfishingshow.com. All right, welcome to the next edition of the Fly Fishing Journeys podcast. I'm excited to have Brian Shoemaker on the podcast today, a very famous smallmouth guide in the Pennsylvania area. He runs the Susquehanna River Guides, and he fishes on the Susquehanna, as well as some other spots we're going to talk about today. Brian, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Middle of Pennsylvania, Susquehanna River, mm-hmm. smallmouth guide. Yep. How long have you been guiding? 30 years. 30 years. This
0: year will be 30 years. Yes. Well, congratulations. That's well, a big, That's
1: a big step. It's a long time out there. And you're running people down the river yourself? you, you having a hiring other
0: guides? Or how I does do, it work? I'm, I'm a one-man band, but I do where I get multiple boats, and I have other guides that I'll hire to work with me. And I just don't want the, I don't know if you want to call it headache, of having multiple guys. I don't want to be an outfitter. Okay. Maybe... Another 10 years? Yeah. I might think about it when I, when I get off the sticks.
1: <laughs> you but, won't give up that, that control. You like to bring people down the river.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and the other thing is I got a, a good core group of guides that I can pull from yeah. if I need to run multi-boat trips. Yep. And it's my reputation if I put somebody on a trip. Right, I need. I want them to do exactly what I would do. Right. So you know, once you find a find that trust in other guides, then that you keep using them. But to try to to go out and either train somebody or something like that, that's a little difficult to do. So you
1: love running people down the river. Oh, I do. I mean, you've been at it thirty years. Thirty years, uh, and you haven't lost a bit of zeal for getting people out in water. No,
0: I love it. I love it. I love, like like you touched on earlier about teaching. Yeah. That's what I love about guiding, okay? I want to show them my water. I want to show them wild smallmouth bass. But what gives me the most satisfaction, of course, people hire you because they want to catch fish. But I want to teach them. So if I can make them a better caster, Mm -hmm. or if I can show them a new technique, or or how to manipulate a fly to get that fish to eat. And at the end of the day, when they get off the boat and they tell me, I learned something today.
1: Right, that right. gives
0: me the most satisfaction. Right. You know, not, not the numbers of fish or, or right. anything like that. Right. It's just, you taught me something today. Or multiple things. Well,
1: it's funny because, you know, you've invited me to come down and do some fishing with you. And Mm -hmm. we actually had that all set up to do. But then, you know, we had with the pandemic and stuff, we couldn't get down to Pennsylvania. And we were planning on doing a podcast down there. And so I've been excited about doing this now for a little while. But, you know, I have to tell you what, like, made it happen and sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. Bob Clouser came up to me <laughs> And basically threatened my life Did he? <laughs> and said, you need to have Brian on your podcast Because this guy's the real deal He knows his stuff I fished the Susquehanna River for all these years And what Brian's doing is the real deal stuff So please invite him to be on your podcast And I said, we've already done that We just haven't met at time right. yet So, right. But I mean, that's got to be high praise Coming from Bob Clouser
0: himself Bob's my mentor Yep. Bob's the one that got me guiding. Oh, is that okay. right? Yes. Because Bob's shop, where Bob lived, where where I grew up, was only, I don't know, 40 minutes away, half hour, 40 minutes away. Yep. So, you know, I started running trips on my own uh, back in 93, I think it is. Wow. So I started running on my own, and I was going down to Bob's shop, you know, and, and talking with Bob and, of course, buying fly-tie materials and so forth like that. Yeah. And he asked me, he said... You know, he said, I heard you've been doing some good stuff. He said, and he said, would you like to maybe help out myself and Bobby if we need another boat? You know, because it was just him and Bobby. Overflow. Yeah, overflow, you know, if he needed another boat. Sure. And I said, well, absolutely. And that's how it all evolved. And, I mean, him and I are, he's, he's my best friend. Is
1: that right? Yeah yeah have you got down there to fish with them in florida oh absolutely
0: absolutely that's great yeah we've gone uh you know he he where he lives there in florida they have the canals yeah yeah and we're fish for baby tarpon Uh, and i've been down and we've gone down and done uh, snook under the dock lights okay and uh yeah
1: did you ever get a chance to meet and or fish with lefty cray oh absolutely because I know he, he was tight with Lefty for a lot of years. And
0: Bob introduced me to Lefty, and Lefty and I became friends. And I had him to lean on. Sure. You know, and him and both Bob. Yeah. Uh, to lean on, you know, the ins and outs, what to do, and so forth in this business.
1: How to get people on fish and...
0: Well, that too. It's just, it's,
1: yeah. More of the people side.
0: Right. It was more of the people side. You know, how to treat people. Yeah. You know... Because both of those guys are, are people-oriented. Yeah. And they're very humble. Sure. And that's how I try to be, you know? So, yeah, they were both tremendous helps in my career.
1: Now, did you get a chance to learn from Bob as far as, like, your tying? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In the Clouser and... you Can I tell a funny story? I would love that.
0: <laughs> All right. So, with... It could be With Bob, you know, teaching me to tie and so forth like that. I've been at shows where I will sit there and tie in the booth and if I tie a Clouser minnow. I had a guy come up and tell me, he said, you're t- tying that all wrong. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, how should I be tying this? And he said, well, you got to do this, this. I said, well, let me explain something to you. I said, I have a certificate from the Clouser School of Clouser minnow, graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just looks at him, he says, You do? I said, Yeah. And he walks away. Why? That was it. I yeah, did say nothing else was, to say. That was the end.
1: Let of me it. ask you a question Do yeah. you have one of those certificates, sir? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did
0: you go to that school?
1: Yeah. Bobby, did Bob Clouser teach you how to tie the Clouser minnow? Because I've gotten a few tips along <laughs> exactly, the way. Exactly. Well, this fish we're seeing behind us here, Brian, um, I was interviewing Bob on our previous podcast, and so if listeners, you want to hear this, uh, hear Bob Clauser on our podcast, you can go back a few episodes, but I was telling him the story how he caught this fish in Iceland, and he told me the Clouser minnow is designed to never stop moving. Right. The only... Time that that pattern will stop is if it hits the bottom, right? Because when you strip it, it goes up, and when you stop stripping, it goes down, right? Because of the the eyes, it's a jig, sure. And I was telling them how this fish here I caught it in Iceland, and I basically hit the bank or basically a weed bank, right, uh, in, in a pond or a lake. Strip, strip, strip. It came for it, and I ran out of I ran out of fly line. I all I had left was the leader, right, and I stopped because I was like, oh, what do I do now? And the fish turned around and ran back underneath the weed bank because it stopped moving. Right. The prey will never stop running away from exactly. a predator. And so I said, let me see if I get another shot at this thing. And I went back and I hit the weed bank and I strip, 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 and same thing, ran out of fly line, it kept coming for it. I could see the wake. Yeah. But now I kind of just did like one of those twitches with my sure, rod, tip. rod tip, keep that fly moving, and, and it whacked it. He says, yeah. And when I told him that story, he says, yeah, that's kind of why I developed the Klauser Minnow, mm-hmm. because it's designed to never stop moving.
0: Right. And that's the whole thing is, is the key to it. Any fly, streamer, whatever, is to make that fly look alive. You get folks that'll just can't make a cast, and it's just strip, strip. Strip, you know, yeah, just, it's like
1: this so it boring just, stripping right, pattern. It
0: just comes. All it does is just come straight through the water. I'm know? very familiar with this technique, by right, the way, right? Because <laughs> I think I do this a lot. You know, you gotta you gotta make it look alive. You gotta animate the fly.
1: So what would you do? I cut you off there. What what would you do?
0: Well, basically, like if I'm fishing a clouds or minnow, it's I'll do like three strips real fast and a pause. Okay. Right, and then a hard strip, and then strip, strip, and then a pause.
1: Okay. And so like
0: Morse code. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. And nine times out of ten, the fish will hit that fly on the pause mm-hmm. because I guess to a fish it, it's injured because it's seeing it's doing the erratic like that with your strip strip. Yep. And then you do a pause and it starts dropping, so that fish just keys in right right there when it starts nose sure. diving.
1: So where are you based out of, Brian? Where where's home base for you?
0: My home base is right outside of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Okay. I have a...
1: Trout country.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, now, <laughs> here's what I tell everybody. I said, this is smallmouth country. We just let trout in. It. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, because we got the Susquehanna River. Right. Right? And, uh, but we hear about
1: Carlisle, you, you know... Oh, you hear about Carlisle. Tom Boltz tells me it's trout haven.
0: Well, yeah. Well, Tom will. <laughs> Tom will, but yeah, that's it's smallmouth country. Just let the trout guys. We'll
1: in let it. you hang around Baldy. Yeah. Baldy, yeah, we'll you can you... you can stick around a bit.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: Carlisle mm-hmm. and trout. Um, it's smallmouth country and the Susquehanna. Right. How long is it? Where does the Susquehanna start? Where does it end? Where do you fish?
0: Okay, so Susquehanna starts actually in Cooperstown, New York. Okay. Okay. Where the home of the Hall of Fame? Home baseball Hall of Fame. Wow. So it starts up in Cooperstown, New York. Frank. Where in
1: like a lake or where does it? Actually, comes out,
0: it comes out of a uh, like a uh, spring. Oh, it's a spring creek. It, uh, it's no, not spring a creek, it just it's... bubbles up out of the comes up out of the uh, ground. Wow! Yeah, and then it it comes down. Such this, a big river. Well, it fl- it starts flowing. It comes into Pennsylvania. That's the north branch of the Susquehanna. Okay. Then there's a western branch that comes across from the western part of the state. So where those two converge is in the town of Sunbury, Pennsylvania. And at that point, it forms the main stem. And that flows all the way down to the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. So it's 444 miles long. Dams? Yes. On the lower end, there's dams. So if you go from the very end, you come up out of Haverty Grace, Maryland, you have Holtwood Dam, and then there's Muddy Run... And then there's, I think, total of five dams on the lower end of the river.
1: So there's striper fishing down in the, the bottom
0: stretch? Right below the Conowingo, yes. Be-
1: okay, yeah. below that last dam?
0: Yep, below that last dam, because those stripers come up out of the Chesapeake Bay, Haverty Grace, and they'll be in the river to spawn. So you do have striper, and you also have shad fishing down there, too. How
1: many miles of striper fishing on the Susquehanna down to gets to the Chesapeake? Ah. <sighs> Approximately.
0: I'm going to say maybe 10 miles. That's it. Yeah. It, it's, the it's, first
1: dam is about 10 miles up, yeah, approximately. Yeah. So you get some striper fishing down there. Have you been down there?
0: I used to fish the flats years ago. And Haverty Grace is what they call the, the uh, Chesapeake Flats. Yep. And that was back in the uh, 80s and 90s. They used to have those real nice striper runs, you know, in the, in the spring. And I I've, I've fished down there quite a bit.
1: And then how far up are you from, like, that Haverty Grace area for where you are in Carlisle?
0: So, it, it, I don't know, 50, 60 miles. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it, it would take you approximately an hour to
0: get down there? Yeah. To yeah.
1: the Chesapeake?
0: Hour, hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, something like Just that. Just to
1: kind of give our listeners yeah. an idea of where we're at here.
0: Well, if they look on a map, Harrisburg's the, the capital city of Pennsylvania. Yep. Okay? Susquehanna flows in front of the city of Harrisburg. Okay. okay. So I guide. I used to guide when I when I worked with Bob and also on my own because I lived right across the river from Harrisburg and Bob lived in Middletown. I used to guide from Harrisburg, and we guided all the way down to almost uh, Wrightsville in okay. the lower river there. But then, over the years, I moved up to where I'm at now, outside of Carlisle, and basically I do right above Harrisburg and go up to almost Sealands grove on the Susquehanna. So how many
1: miles of guiding water is that? That's probably 30 miles. And you'll just move around depending upon what the fish are doing?
0: Right. So between the Susquehanna and I also do the Juniata River, which is the second largest tributary to the Susquehanna, I have 13 different floats between the two rivers. Wow. So in and outs, 13 different in yeah. and outs. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I rotate them. Depending upon what the fish are doing. Right. And And I don't like to try to fish the same stretch two days in a row. Yeah. I just... Whether the fish get acclimated or not, I'd rather move around. Yep. Kind of resting it. One of the popular trips that I do is called Two Rivers Two Days, where you would come in to fish two days, and I'll fish you on the Susquehanna one day and fish you on the Juniata the second day. So the Susquehanna being big water, when I say big water... It's like three-quarters of a mile wide where we're at, and then the Juniata is only a quarter of that width. Right. So you get a taste of big water, and you get a taste of smaller water. Okay. You know, so that's a real popular option. People come in to get a sample of both rivers
1: always moving water or is it still that you gotta like no it's always moving always moving yeah always so moving. the so you're just kind of controlling the sticks and yep. getting people from one side to the other
0: one side to the other <clears throat> you know slowing down if we need to so forth like that
1: you have a lot of rocks that you gotta watch out oh, for my, yeah
0: so susquehanna i guess the indian name for it is wide shallow river so you got the width. But for the most part, that river averages maybe three feet, three and a half feet. Oh,
1: no kidding. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Now, there are some deeper holes out there, don't get me wrong. But for the most part, it's a wide, shallow river.
1: That's amazing. Do you ever wade?
0: Not for guide trips, no. Okay. I have, and I, you know, every once in a while. But the problem is most of my floats are eight to ten miles. Yep. Yep. So, you only have so much time to get from point A to point B. Yeah. So, you really don't have time to stop and spend, you know, half hour waiting right. a, below a riffle or something like that.
1: Plus, you know, you're going to get a few shots at that fish and then you're going to want to move on anyway. Exactly. It's not like trout where you're going right. to high stick it for all day. <laughs> you know, you're going to get two or three shots or whatever you need to get the fish to rise or right. not rise and...
0: Because what's interesting, the difference between trout and smallmouth bass. So a trout, when you're fishing a trout stream, right, you'll see that trout laying on what they call a lie, Whether it's an insect on top or a nymph on the bottom, if that fish sees something to eat, he'll come out of where he was, go and eat the insect or the nymph, and then he'll come right back and hold in that spot that you spotted him. Yep. Right? Smallmouth are constantly moving. Okay. Okay? So, like, if you're floating a river and you see a smallmouth come up and take a blue damsel off the surface, right? So, you say, oh, there's one. Well, you got a few seconds to make a cast right where you see that ring to hook that fish. Because if you wait any longer, that fish is moved. hmm So, they're constantly moving. Okay. So, that's sort of the difference between... That, must,
1: that must, like, be a challenge for your trout guys who come fish with you because, I mean, that would be the first thing I would think is, like, I see that fish rise or something or I see it splash, I'm going right in the ring because that's what I'm taught. Well, that's
0: what you want, right in the ring, but you only have a okay. few seconds Perfect. before that fish is moved on. Now, I'm not saying he moves far, right. but he's not... Now, he, you seeing
1: now as the guide will you know the general direction that fish moved or as it could be no, 360 it,
0: it could be 360 yeah it could, it could, because they're constantly searching for something to eat
1: before we jump back into the podcast here's a short word from one of our fantastic sponsors are you a guide a lodge or a product manufacturer in the fly fishing or outdoor industry i want to introduce you to and highlight cross current insurance their entire team are great people and experts in their field. They have a guide insurance program that is amazing and very affordable. If you are a lodge or retailer, they also have programs tailored to your needs. These guys fish and are in the outdoors so they know the industry and the landscape. To get more information on a program that's perfect for you, find them at crosscurrentinsurance.com. Brian, let's try to make over the next little bit we have Mm -hmm. with our listeners, let's try to make them better smallmouth fishermen. We probably got you know a, a large population of trout fishermen sure. or salmonoid fishermen, and they do love this smallmouth fishing as an additional option, right? Absolutely. So let's try to make them better. Some people may not have any experience on the equipment, the time of year, the type of flies, the leaders, and that type of thing. So let's start with time of years. And, and I know you have this water column situation where they're feeding on the bottom, feeding on the top. Right. So let's talk about time of year from spring to fall. What what are the expectations?
0: All right. So coming, starting in the spring, when the water temperature starts getting up to about 50 degrees, high 40s, low 50s, I guess I should back up. Wintertime, these fish are grouped up okay. in what they call their wintering holes. Okay? Right. They search out the deepest sections of the river, and, and they're all packed in there. No kidding. Yeah.
1: To try to just kind of manage the winter?
0: Yeah, just to get through the winter. Yeah. Okay. So they're all stacked in there. So once that water temperature gets up to like 48 to 50, they'll start moving out of those wintering holes because they're headed to to where they're going to go spawn. Okay. Okay. So that's what we start calling our pre-spawn period. Okay. So where you look for that is anywhere you have slower water, those fish will travel into and they'll hit that slower water and they'll kind of rest a little bit and then they keep on moving till they get to where they want to be okay so our pre-spawn fishing is you're always looking for like we call them back eddies okay where the current might you have the bank goes in and then you have the current and then you got that slack water where it slows real slow down Yeah. and you can tell that by looking at it Sure. and that's the areas you want to target for pre-spawn fish okay wow so after the, you have your pre-spawn, then you get your spawn. Okay? And
1: that's going to be spring spawn?
0: Spring spawn. And that's usually going to be when the water temperature gets to 60, 62 degrees. And usually on the first new moon of that, it's usually April. Okay. So the first new moon, you're going to usually get your first spawn.
1: Now are these like reds, are they have they like, do. like like a trout red. Like a
0: trout red. They will actually the females will actually go in to the slack water areas, shallower water areas and they'll fan and yep. make a nest and then they'll sit there and wait for the males to come along and and they do their thing. Yep. And then they lay their What is that thing? Well, the, they're uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we could say it or not the sex drive. <laughs> I was just trying to, I was I just know. trying
1: to tease you right there. I I, know, but
0: I, I didn't know what we could say. <laughs> You can know? say anything you
1: want, Brian. Well, you,
0: you got kids that listen to us <laughs> you, now. Yeah, of course. That's why we're PG-rated. That's right. That's funny. So, But, yeah, so they, they'll they'll mate, you know, and they spawn in and they drop. There we go. There we go. They're mating. They're, mate. they're mating. Good job, Brian. Yeah,
1: so they're mating. So do you want to leave those spawns alone? Absolutely. Spawning beds? Absolutely. Just kind of... Just let
0: I I look at it this way, it, it, and it is controversial. You will have guys that'll fish the reds because the males, once the female lays their eggs, she'll move off, and the males guard the nest. Okay. Okay. Guys will fish that because you keep throwing to that nest, you're going to agitate that fish. He's going to he picks it. What they actually do is if you drop a fly in the nest, he will actually pick that fly up and swim out of the nest like to drop it. Well, if he sucks that fly in, you're gonna feel that and you're right. gonna set the hook. Yeah. So now he pulled that fish off the nest. Right. So then you'll get like bluegills or rock bass or something like that come in there and they start munching in on them eggs. Wow. And now you let that fish. But the bad part about that is if you're not anchored, if you're just floating, so now you caught that fish, and by the time you release him, you could be 50, 100 yards yeah. away.
1: he's off that nest. He's off
0: that nest. So it's an ethical question. Yeah. I won't do it, yeah. and I won't let my, my clients do it. Perfect. But it, it does. It's, it's all You comes see down it, though. You see I it. see it. Oh, absolutely, I see it.
1: Well, good. Well, I'm glad we covered that. That was interesting. Um, so now we're in spawning season. We're leaving, leaving the fish to mate, and right. but there'll be others. There'll be plenty of fish in the yeah, river you besides can, you, the spawn.
0: Because all our fish don't spawn at one time. So you'll have fish that are spawning. You're going to have fish that are in pre-spawn, yep. and you're going to have fish that are in post-spawn. Yep. So you 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 have other opportunities to still catch fish. Yeah. You just don't go pound those banks and stuff the like that. And the reds, the reds. So you Good. can keep fishing.
1: So now we're through the spring. Right. And then what type of, I mean, are we underwater fishing? Are we fishing more streamers that time of year?
0: That time of year, our pre-spawn, because the water's cooler, we're fishing streamers. Yep. Okay. And we're using either sinking lines. Well, we are using sinking lines. Yeah, yeah. The Full pendant, sink or a sink tip? or? Actually, I like these, I call them triple density lines they have out now, where if you start at the reel, it's a floater. And then the next section's an intermediate. And then the tip section is actually an S3, sinking three.
1: Interesting. Is that a Rio? or Who makes that?
0: Rio makes them. And also uh, Scientific Anglers both make them. Okay. So what's nice with those lines are all I use is fluorocarbon, about a four to five foot piece of fluorocarbon on the end of that sinking line. Okay. It's not tapered at all. So you got your fly on there. So you can cover, like if you would throw up shallow, speed that strip up a little bit because you got that sink three on the end so it doesn't hang up but then with the water comes off and starts dropping off you can let that fly sink a little bit more because you got that sink three on there yeah so then you can get into your strips like that so you said about four feet of fluoro yeah what's the weight i like 12 pound okay Because uh, usually if you're going to hang, say, a clouser minnow for fishing clouser minnows or half and halves or something, if you would hang out on the bottom, if you pull with that 12-pound, a lot of times you can get that fly off. Yeah. You're not going to break it off. Right. So save some equipment.
1: So 12-pound's good and not super leader-shy? No,
0: not that time of year.
1: Okay. No. There are times they will be?
0: Yeah, that, and when we get into the summer in the clear water, when we talk about that, yep. which will be coming up, yep. yeah, they could be leader-shy. All
1: right, so springtime, you're fishing. Now, types of flies, you're doing streamers. I mean, articulated, what are your, some of your patterns you like? Yeah,
0: um, clouds or minnows, half and halves, game changers will work. Anything you can get down and create movement. Game changers, huh? Yeah.
1: That must be fun.
0: It can be. I'll be honest with you, I... I don't fish a lot of them yeah. because they take too long to tie, but they are effective. <laughs> yeah, they, they do work, they, yeah. They, absolutely, they do work.
1: Okay, so we're fishing deep waters, or deep—we're hitting pockets, or you just— yep. you're hit,
0: you... hitting those, those slack back eddies is what you're still trying to target. Behind the rocks. Yep. Or— off of a bank if a bank cuts in it forms a nice big back eddy okay so you're you're looking for the slack slower water is what you're fishing that time of year because it's still cold okay you know so that's what you're looking for and a lot of times you will swing those flies Mm -hmm. so i'll anchor up you make a cast over into that back eddy you can let that fly swing and then once it starts to straighten out then you start your strips and okay. just make it hot. not real fast strips. Okay. So you're about a medium type of retrieve. All right. So we've got
1: that pretty much dialed in. Now, is there a name for that triple density? Or triple... What do you call it? A triple...
0: I call them triple densities.
1: Triple densities. Do, does, like, Cy Angler have a name for the line? Or is it a smallmouth
0: line? Or No, it's it's a regular streamer line. Okay. And I'm sure they have. I've just been calling them triple <laughs> dens- Because both... And because Rio does the same thing. Just a different name. Rio's is the Predator series. Okay. Okay? So it's the Predator series. And, and the triple it, density. And it's a triple density line. They make a... Also up to where the end will be a a type six, and that's a real fast sinker. But our water's too shallow for something like that. You need the three. Yeah, you need the three. Okay,
1: So that's spring. Mm -hmm. Let's go into summer. How does that start to change with the fish movements and the type of line and the type of presentation?
0: Okay. So when you're starting to get into your summer pattern, those fish spread out. They're they're spread out. They're not grouped up. They're single fish a lot of times. All right. So now... There'll be two lines of fish. Definitely a floater, because you're going to start fishing on the surface, top water. Second line is a clear intermediate for streamers. Okay. Okay? So we can start at the top and then work our way underneath. We have some spectacular poppin' bug fishing on both those rivers. Okay. So we get, because they're limestone-based rivers... We have the same hatches that you do on your trout streams. Okay. Come off out there. Now, not that we'll fish dry flies, okay? We're fishing poppers. Boogle bugs, deer hair bugs, CK bugs, any, you know, surface type of popper. Starting out, our our main colors will be yellow, white. What what was that first one? Yellow. Yellow. (laughs) Yellow. I had, you knew I wasn't going to let no, that one slide, did you? Yellow.
1: Yellow. Okay, so we get yellow. Yellow.
0: Yellow. Yellow. White. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. I'm glad you're a good sport <laughs> about this. White, uh, chartreuse, robin's egg blue, like your hat. Like my hat. Yeah. Because the robin's egg blue, we get those blue damsels start coming off early in july and they go right through early part of september Mm -hmm. and the smallmouth are really key on those blue damsels nice so while we're staying on top before i go underneath the popper fishing a lot of people have the misconception of cast the popper start ripping it so it's going boom 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 again that would be what i would do okay our fish don't like that okay right we're dead drifting Wow. So you make a cast with that popping bug. And, and I prefer cork because what will happen is when a cork bug, bug lands on the water, it gives a splat. And that gets a fish's attention because he thinks something dropped out of a tree. Okay. Okay. That, it, when we get clear water like we usually do July, August, and September, crystal clear water, yep. you can see that. That bug splats. You can see a smallmouth come over and it'll stop right underneath that fly and he's watching it so you give a tiny strip just enough to make those rubber legs move Mm -hmm. and they'll be moving and that small mouth will come up and suck that bug in just like a trout taking a dry fly. Wow
1: that must be fun to see.
0: Oh it's visual and and it's cool and what else is cool about it is especially watching the client right they a lot of times they'll see that fish come up.
1: Still set too early. They'll
0: set too early because mm-hmm. they didn't wait. You know, yeah. you got to wait till that fish takes that fly in.
1: So how soon before you make that twitch? From the dead drift, uh, like the land.
0: Usually, right when that hit, does that splat, I like to let the rings disappear. Okay. Okay.
1: And it's going to be moving down river yeah, now. Yeah,
0: because we're still moving down river. Yeah. So you're covering a lot of area, right? But I've had fish too follow that bug.
1: They're just waiting. For something and they're just to waiting.
0: They're waiting to say, is that really something to eat or not? <laughs> and then you do that, and it looks like little nerves, and they, say, I can't, I can't resist it. I got to eat it. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, the pop and bug fishing is really cool. We're going to take a short commercial
1: break to hear from Tim O'Neill of Norvice. What makes the Norvice different than another system?
0: There are a lot of rotary fly tying vices out there. The Norvice is the only vice that will truly spin when you tie flies, and there's a big difference between rotating a vice slowly and spinning it at a bit of a faster RPM. And being able to spin the hook on a zero axis rotation opens up a lot of doors for us in the world of fly tying.
1: Tell me about the introduction of colors
0: to the Norvice system. When we obtained the company from Norm, he said to me just a very, very short statement. He said, you know, I always thought a colored Norvice would be a cool item. We brought out five colors, Radical Red, Sunset Orange, Shamrock Green, Liberty Blue, and Royal Purple. We have five colors along with the black that you're accustomed to seeing with Norvice, and we've been doing very well with those. To find more information and their
1: online store, visit nor-vice.com. Now, where do people find these popping bugs? Like, where can you buy them? Like, can you...
0: you everything but the, uh, like, the CK bait fish you have to get from... A Tires? Th- a tire. Like a it, professional tire? Yeah, in, in Virginia. Yeah. Ties those. Okay. All right? But your boogle bugs, your, your deer hair bugs and stuff, you can find at most fly shops. Online? Yeah, and you can also get them online. Yeah.
1: Where? Like where would I, do you know any online shops that would carry that stuff?
0: Oh, Feathercraft, Tight Lines out in Wisconsin, those types of places will have them. The gentleman that makes those CK bugs is William Horesnick, yep. out of Virginia, Eastern Trophies Fly Fishing. Okay. William does all the CK bugs. So you can get those online. You can order them from him. Yeah, he has a website and you can order them from him.
1: That's cool. We'll find that. Well, yeah. that's awesome. So if we wanted to go underneath in the summer, I mean, first of all, on the, on the poppers, are we still using four, uh, four feet of
0: 12-pound, or what are we doing there? I like to use about an eight-foot leader okay. and uh, still 12-pound. Sometimes I'll go to 16, because unless that water is super, super clear, they're really not leader shy. Okay. Um, but if it's super, super clear, I'll go 12 if it's not, I'll do 16, and 16 is, the reason I'll do 16 is if they throw that bug up in a tree, yeah. I can pull it out,
1: right? you know,
0: so they don't break it I off. would never throw a bug in a tree. Oh, no, me neither. <laughs> I never had that
1: happen. <laughs> I always wondered, does Lefty Cray have to deal with all this stuff when I get myself into, like, ty- knot jams or line right, jams? They all do it. Yeah.
0: They all do it. Lefty always called wind knots, mean knots. <laughs> mean knots. Or it's a U-knot. It's a U-knot. You yeah, you're the one that did it, not <laughs> the <to> wind. <laughs> u knots, right. So.
1: Well, that's wild. So we're in the summertime, and we did mm-hmm. the top. Now, if we, do we go underwater at all besides the popping bugs in the summer?
0: Right. Yeah, and that's when I like to use a clear intermediate. Okay. Line. Straight clear intermediate. Straight clear intermediate, or you can use an intermediate tip, whatever yep. you like. I just like a full intermediate. Yeah. Then I'll go four to five feet of straight fluorocarbon yep. it's just me i think that clear line and cleaner water clearer water right i just think it gives you an advantage i could be all wrong but it's something i have confidence in so sure. it works it's
1: like a confidence pattern right so let me ask you, before we jump in, and we usually mm-hmm. cover this stuff at the end, but you know, we're talking about a lot of different types of equipment here. Right. So if I'm a trout fisherman, I just invested a lot of years, a lot of money, and a lot of time into mm-hmm. getting my trout equipment dialed in perfectly. Right. Now we're talking about, hey, I want to come and run a river in Susquehanna, but I don't want to go drop another two, $3,000 in all these types of rods and stuff. Right. Do you supply any equipment if somebody wanted to come run a oh, river absolutely. with you?
0: absolutely. Yep. So I supply the rods, the lines, the fly. Well, I always provide the flies. Yep. But I have rods and lines available. ready to go. Yeah.
1: And they'll be in the boat, and then yep. you have your intermediate, or you have your sink tip yep. with a triple. Usually, density. What I,
0: usually what I do is, if I have two clients, right, and I got to supply equipment for both of them, I'll have two rods. Well, two rods set up for floaters, mm-hmm. and two rods set up for intermediates. So. If we decide, okay, the, the popping fishing's not happening now, yeah. I say, give me that rod, and I give them the one with the intermediate intermediate, and the streamer. Okay. So, I always usually have four four rods in the...
1: I in see the you're wearing a Sage hat. Do mm-hmm. you use Sage rods?
0: Yes, I do. I am a, what they call a uh, Sage Elite Pro. Okay. All right? So, that's one step under an ambassador. Okay. So and
1: do you have a particular rod that you use or like to use on the Susquehanna for this type of fishing?
0: Yes. They discontinued it. My favorite was the Sage X. Last year they came out with the R eight. That's
1: a completely different rod though. It's
0: unbelievable. You like you like it? I like it a lot. It's so opposite of what an X is though. Yes. It's it's lighter. And it actually bends deeper, yeah. Right, so you can actually feel that rod load. Yep, it shoots line like crazy. So,
1: and can you fight a fish as? Oh yeah, is strong. Yes, Because it's, it's a is. deeper, it's a deeper fight. You're gonna feel it more in your in your hand, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's good fighting ability. On it's that. a softer rod than the X. A little bit, yes. It's my criteria when I find to, to find a rod that I want for my setups right it's got to be able to fish a floater and a sinking line some rods are too tip soft and they don't work with the sinking lines they work better with the floating line but i need a rod that'll do both okay and fishing last year the R8s they got a winner there okay so i've, I've heard a impressed. lot of great
1: things about it yeah but i did hear it was a little bit of a departure from their stiffer rods which is, is the X which yep. is a super stiff rod
0: yeah, it's a little bit softer than the X, yeah. but it handles the sinker lines, okay, and as well as the floating lines.
1: Well, I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad uh, we get that out there for our yeah. listeners. You know, because a lot of times we just see RX or see all the mm-hmm. you know the branding and the advertising, but you sure. don't know what the value of the rod is. Rod
0: is absolutely.
1: So you just see oh R8, and you see it on Instagram or you right. know wherever you see it, but. You're saying it's a fighting in the hand, a deeper flex. Yep. It's a little more sensitive, and can handle multiple rod right. uh, re- lines. Uh, lines.
0: Yep. Well,
1: good. So that takes us through summer. Mm-hmm. Now heading into fall, does the fish movements change or how they what, do? They just-
0: so heading into fall, once the water starts cooling, everything goes in reverse. So once the water starts cooling. Those fish are going to start moving out of like the shallow flats and stuff like that, and they're going to start feeding up real heavy and they're going to head towards the wintering holes. Okay. As the water temperature drops.
1: Okay. And equipment wise or line changes, what are we doing? Back to the spring stuff or what are we doing? Well,
0: in the early part of fall, like say mid September in through early October, you can still catch them on top water, okay? But then. After that, and you're going to fish streamers. Mm -hmm. You're going to underneath, and it's going to depend on our river stage a lot, but most of the time I can get away with an intermediate. Yeah. So we'll go intermediate, fluorocarbon, and streamer flies. (laughs) And basically the same type of streamer flies that you fished in the pre-spawn period, Mm -hmm. you can use them in the fall. What colors? It all depends on water clarity. Okay. Okay, but a lot of times, like in the—let me touch on spring— Spring, I like like an olive, olive and orange, or brown and yellow, or or a white and yellow. Yep. And then in the fall, you can change that over to like a brown and orange, because it resembles a sculpin. Yep. You'll have that, olive and white. Clousers. A lot of clousers we'll throw. Different colors. Different colors. The game changers will work in the fall. Okay. There's a fly I developed called a shimmering minnow. And it's articulated, just one articulation, yep. single hook, but it's a it's a bait fish imitation. Okay? okay. And, well, when I designed that fly, it's used with pearl palmer chenille. Okay. So, all I do is I take markers and color the back to represent, to mimic the bait fish at that time of year, time of season. So, I do a, a gray back, a baby blue back, an olive back. So
1: fun yeah so you love tying
0: i wouldn't say i love tying <laughs>
1: i went out on a limb there you did i went way out
0: on a, a ledge you did i i enjoy tying but i tie because i guide yeah. out of necessity where you have some great fly tires here at the show i yeah. mean awesome fly tires yeah and i'm not one to sit down yeah.
1: so you're you know, it's a mechanical gotta have process. A, person,
0: a purpose yeah. why am i tying flies because i need them okay? Okay. right or, you know, sometimes in the wintertime, you get downtime, I'll think of stuff and say, well, what if I try this or what if yeah. I try that? But you've got some great minds here in fly tires. Sure. And I'm not up that way. I'm, I'm more of a necessity tire.
1: So what types of pad? I mean, we've talked about a few of them, but, like, mm-hmm. what's, like, your, like, a go-to that you need to have a box full of if you're going to hit the water that you like to tie?
0: Clouser minnows.
1: So you're just doing a lot of clousers. Yeah. That's yeah. your go-to pattern. It's Go-to pattern. And you're fishing A-Rex hooks.
0: Yes. Is there a reason? Uh, I like the way their hook gap. They have a little bit big, bigger hook gap, and so far they seem to be a little bit stronger than some of the other hooks out there. So the
1: actual steel or metal or yeah. A, what is this?
0: Yeah, it's steel. Steel. Yeah.
1: So it's you like the stronger steel.
0: Mm-hmm. Stronger steel, and and they have a bigger hook gap. Okay. And I like the bigger hook gap because, you know, when a fish eats that and you're pulling that fly, it just has more, you have more of an opening for that hook to catch on something than the once. Why
1: don't we talk about a hook set? Okay. Because that's different than a trout
0: set. Absolutely it is.
1: So when you take that eat and you said wait for the pause and wait for them to take it in, or it will probably be different if it's a streamer, right? You'll just... You'll feel it, right? right? So, what am I doing? Let's just start with the streamer first. Streamer? Yeah, because I'm feeling something, right? right? What do I feel?
0: All you do is is pull back on that line. It's a strip strike. You okay. You don't you don't want to come up because now you got to get rid of all that slack and wait for that rod to bend. If you come up, I see. And that way, the the fish is either you're either going to pull it away from them or the fish is going to spit it out. Okay. But if you have your rod tip down close to the water and you're stripping and you feel something, all you got to do is keep stripping and pull back on that. Okay. So it's a direct connection from the fly to the line, the holes, it's all straight. So you're pulling back because that fish closed his mouth. Now you're pulling straight back and that will drive the hook in.
1: So the strip strike you just demonstrated for me three times, and I watched you do it all three times with your hand there, Brian, is completely different than a strip strike that I've had for permit. Okay. Or saltwater. Because when you're permit fishing, you're stripping, and the way they teach you is you go from that last guide or from where your hands are on the rod all the way back to your pocket. Okay. So that strip strike is like two, two, two and a half feet, feet long. Where you just did about eight inches.
0: Yeah, that's all you need for smallmouth. For smallmouth. Yeah.
1: So it's just a, you almost like keep stripping and then there's a nice firm strip strike.
0: nice firm pull.
1: Yep. Just like that. But you don't have to go all the way to your pocket. No, you
0: don't have to go all the way to your pocket.
1: No. Okay. And you're going to bury the the hook.
0: You're going to bury the hook in that fish's mouth. Do you fish barbless for for smallmouth or can you fish barbless? Everything's barbless. Barbless. And the the first reason is my safety. You want to get the hook out of you if you need to, right? Exactly. And the second is for the fish. Yeah. You know, it just makes the, especially if if you wait a little too long and that fish actually swallows that deeper. Yeah. And you hook them, I can just reach in there and just pop that out. Yeah. Where if you got a barb on that and if it's down in its gullet.
1: It's dead, basically. Yeah,
0: basically, because it's tough tough to get out you're gonna yeah. tear something yeah before you get that hook out
1: are all the A-Rex hooks come barbless or do you have to pinch them
0: uh they have barbless i end up pinching them you know uh i don't tie on a lot of barbless they're all barbed
1: you all t- you tie in the barb and just yeah, pinch them i just pinch them all down but they actually you can buy them just bar- barbless. Yeah, they
0: have barbless hooks yeah
1: why do you prefer to tying or buying the it's barb it's just
0: Set my ways, I guess. I've been doing this 30 you know, years, yeah. Rob. Don't try changing yeah, me yeah, now. Rob, I've been doing this a long time. So I just <laughs> pinch. That's what them. I'm used to. You yeah. just
1: use like a pliers, or yeah,
0: just pliers. Yeah. yeah, just pinch that barb down. Yep. Now we were talking about strip strike on streamers. You want to do the same thing on that popper, okay? Because right, you don't want to lift right away, right? So when that fish takes that popper and goes down with it, do the strip strike. Feel feel the fish, and then you can come up with your rod. Your
1: fight, your fighting position.
0: Right, your fighting position to uh, fight.
1: Sometimes I like, get into my fighting position too fast.
0: Well, yeah, a lot of people.
1: Because <laughs> I, it's you, called trout setting. Rob. Exactly. Just exactly. Don't, don't try to change yeah, it. Yeah. Just,
0: just call what it is. That's right, trout set. Because you know, because I like to joke with the clients, right? Yeah. And I'll see them do that. And they'll say, oh, I missed that fish. Yeah, trout set that fish.
1: (laughs) You didn't miss it. I said, you trout set that fish, right? That's pretty funny.
0: Well, that's what i talking about that, okay? So I have a very good client, friend, who has a place in Montana. So the last four years, he's talked to me to come out there to trout fish. Yeah. So last year, we were fishing Yellowstone, fishing hoppers. Well, I'm strip striking and then lifting. And the guide says, "No," he says, "Come up across your body." You know, when when they take yeah, that hopper, like, yeah, set he the said, hook. Come up across your body. He said, "Don't strip strike that fish." <laughs> You're not smallmouth there. That's what I said. I said, "Well, old habits are hard well, to break." You make, know, I'm you glad know?
1: you got it. I'm glad you got it in reverse. You know, well, yeah. Because I get so much crap from guides all over the world about trout setting. So I'm glad they. The yeah, strip well, strikers, yeah, you guys don't strip it. strike them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't strip strike them trout. That's funny hey, because he kept because I kept missing them. You know? Yeah, I would do this and then I'd come up. Oh,
1: I did the whole Atlantic salmon thing, and they would tell you a thousand times, bow to the queen or sing happy birthday, and then you know, right. then set the hook. But it's just a natural reaction when that Atlantic salmon, if you feel it. The first thing you want to do is lift your rod, right? But you have to strip strike those Atlantic salmon. You have to wait to do it, too. Right. You can't just, uh, when you first feel the salmon, set it. Right. There's like a pause.
0: Yeah, you got to give them a little bit of time. But it's weird
1: with the Atlantic salmon. It's like, it's just different. That's why they're Atlantic salmon. It's exactly right. They're tough to catch.
0: So when I, out there in Montana, I said, all right, let's go back to streamers. I don't know how to do that.
1: <laughs> let's just do that. Yeah,
0: no, but I, I don't care what fish you fish for. Catching them on top is something special. Yeah. Because it's all visual. Sure. You know, the eats visual. It's just special when you catch any type of fish on surface.
1: Well, I think we've covered our seasons there. I think so.
0: I think so. I hope it helps.
1: Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. And so we've got through the spring. What, what are the times? Is that when you're guiding to spring to fall? Or what are your yeah, I opening start, and closing?
0: I start in April and usually end the end of October, beginning of November. It depends on at the end of the season the water temperatures, how fast, it, how cold it gets, and how fast it gets. Because once that water temperature gets down below 50, It's all syncing lines, type 3 syncing lines, and and real slow presentations. Sure. And it's not for everybody.
1: How far do people come out? Where do your clients come from?
0: I've had them all the way from California, Canada, you know, all across the country. A lot of my clientele is based in what we call the Mid-Atlantic region. Yep. But I get people every year that come from from other parts of the country. So, like Pennsylvania, Maryland... Virginia, New York, Ohio, Connecticut. Indiana Connecticut. How about Massachusetts? Yeah, actually Massachusetts because <laughs> because I, I had the opportunity he's become a friend of mine lives up in Massachusetts and he was taking his dad every summer okay on Smallmouth. He invited me to come up to uh, striper fish.
1: How did that go? Oh my gosh, it was incredible. You loved it, huh? Oh yeah. It's we, probably fairly similar in some regards. Absolutely. I mean, I've it's caught bass. I've
0: caught stripers down in the Carolinas. Yeah. I caught them in, uh, in the Chesapeake. Yep. But I never fished Massachusetts for stripers. Okay. So I got to go up there, and the popper bite in the morning was real special. That's nice. And then we ran after the popper bite died. We ran up on the rips. You know, and you got the, the diving birds. And yeah. You know, you're catching smaller fish up there. Boats? But, yeah, it was
1: boats. Boats, yeah. Yeah, it was a boat. Do you ever do any largemouth bass fishing?
0: I have, but we don't have good largemouth fishing around where I live. Yep. I've done it down in Florida. Do you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. It's yeah. something
1: different. Different, yeah. It's more of a initial, you know, the bite and the, right. th- that initial reaction. Yeah. I think the fight is much better on the smallmouth.
0: Oh, absolutely, because they're river fish that we have yep. that i have right and that's all muscle mm-hmm. you know most of the time for large mouth you're fishing lakes yeah you don't have current they you explode
1: know. on it and then you can oh, kind of yeah. then you net them pretty then, quick
0: then you bring them in you know they come in and go get the next one brian yeah. it's been an absolute blast how can people find you website is www.susqriverguides.com okay Phone number, 717-574-5338. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. What's your TikTok? I don't have TikTok. What's your Snapchat? Don't have Snapchat. (laughs) Rob, why are you giving me a hard
1: time here? Just, Rob, I don't have that. Rob, yeah, I'm
0: 57 <laughs> years old.
1: I don't have Snapchat either. I'm
0: 57 years old. No TikTok. No TikToking? No TikTokin. Come on. Uh, I'll get you a TikTok. All right, You're we'll, going to be TikTok famous here. All right. We'll do TikTok. You, you show me how to do TikTok. <laughs> Brian, it's been a blast to have oh, you on. It's a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: You've been listening to Fly Fishing Journeys with your host, Rob Giannino. To be notified of new episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. For past episodes, check out flyfishingjourneys.com. Fly fishing is a journey, and we're glad you're on this journey with us.